you are listening to The PoetCast, the podcast produced by the Whittier College Office of Admission, where we discuss topics to help you navigate the college search process. On today's episode, we answer some of the most commonly asked questions we get from prospective students and their families about the application process and college in general. Everything from figuring out a major to selecting an essay. All that and more on The PoetCast. Hello and welcome to episode three of the Poet Cast. My name is Adriana Prena and I'm the Enrollment Communications Manager at Whittier College. Today, the admissions team has come together to answer questions we frequently come across when working with students and families. Uh, but first, let's go around the room and introduce ourselves. So let's start with Casey. Hi everyone, my name is Casey Shubin and I am the Campus Visit Coordinator here at Whittier College. Next, we'll go with Genevieve. Hello, my name is Genevieve Garcia. I'm the Transfer Admission Counselor. And Charlie? Hey folks, my name is Charlie Newman. I'm one of the admissions counselors over here. And Falone. Hi, my name is Falone Serna. I'm the Vice President for Enrollment Management, where I oversee the admission and financial aid offices here at Whittier College. Yes, our fearless leader. Okay, so I'm gonna be asking a series of questions. Um, and of course, you're not all required to answer all of them, but this first one I think would be a good way to kind of gauge and see what our own experiences have been because I know we all approach college a little bit different. So my first question is, uh, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you were applying to college? So I know for me, I didn't know I had specific admission counselors that were assigned to me. Otherwise, I would have made them my best friend. I'll jump in there. I, I wish I knew that you really didn't need to know what your major was coming in. I, I had so much pressure to like, oh, you got to choose before yeah, starting your first year. I changed multiple times and I still graduated within four years. So just having that stress removed would have been really nice. <laughs> yeah, Charlie stole a little bit of my thunder because whenever I'm asked <laughs> this question, I always say that I wish I realized that my major didn't have to equal my career. Um, so many um, students approach college as if these next four years are going to define the, the next four years of your life. So you better pick the exact major that you're going to have for your entire career. You're going to be messed up and this is all a waste of time. And, and that's not, not true at all. Um, you know, while majors are important and, and that aspect is a, a key part of your academic experience, it's just as important to make sure that you um, are getting other skills like critical thinking, you're learning how to learn, you're being adaptable because the reality Absolutely. is um, most people are going to change their careers and their jobs multiple times. And you want to make sure that you have the skills that are going to allow you to adjust and adapt and, and not be handcuffed to just one um, specific profession or area because that's all you focus in on college. So take advantage of all the opportunities and, and don't just be so pigeonholed in, in one area. 100%. I think the only thing I would add and um, is just understanding that like, I think Adrian kind of touched upon this, but, you know, really using the admissions counselors as your support. Um, and I think there's kind of this dichotomy of like, oh, the admission counselors are on this pedestal and, you know, I can't talk to them. I don't know if it'll influence the way that they view my application, but I think you know, it won't hurt you, bottom line, is, you know, you want to get the information you need to succeed. Um, and part of that is through that application process. So definitely don't be afraid or intimidated to, to reach out and ask questions. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think um, one thing that I probably would have liked to do um, prior to committing is, is a campus tour. Um, I, I just, you know, went by the pictures, but I think really taking a, a campus tour gives you that sense of what it's like to be a student. And so I would, I would have taken that opportunity had I, um, had I known. Totally. A lot of folks we hear, they get that click feeling once they take a tour. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, couldn't agree more. Great. Thank you, guys. So next question, and probably uh, what we hear the most of, is how do I apply? How does the admissions process work? Um, and I feel like people who aren't in the profession feel like it's this big, secret, mysterious um, formula that you know doesn't actually exist. There really is very rarely a formula to how this works. I mean, first off, Common App, amazing platform. It's a hub for all of your applications. You only have to upload your essay, letters of rec, all of that stuff once. And then as soon as you click a button, all that goes out to all the schools on your list. So streamlines the whole thing, super simple. And then, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to hog this one all myself. We want to talk about components of the application. Anyone want to talk about uh, the different elements that go into the Common App? Yeah, I can kind of jump in on that one. Um, So it will vary from school to school. And so I think it's important to note that depending on what institution you're applying to, whether it's private, public, community college, just know what the requirements are. But generally speaking, um, a lot of the requirements will, you know, you'll have some form of application, whether it's the Common App or somewhere else. Um, You'll need letters of recommendation, a high school transcript, Um, and some form of like personal statement. And so a lot of those can be done through one platform such as the Common App. But I think something to note too is pay attention to if if your counselors are following up, if they're sending your recommendation letters, if they're sending your transcripts to to the schools you've requested. Um, Because oftentimes um, I'm finding that students thought the counselors were doing that and then they did it. And you know, we're we're trying to to chase and and hunt down for, for those documents. One more thing I think I'd add is just keeping track of deadlines Um, because, again, the deadlines can be very different for each college. And, um, you know, of course, if it's in by the deadline, we'll consider it. But um, if you get it in early, that that just shows your interest and initiative and um, it will give you bonus points. You know, one of the best advice I got when I was applying to college, somebody was like, keep a notebook of literally all the deadlines you have from all the different schools. And. To be honest, that was probably like my saving grace because there's just so much to know in this process. And if you're not the type of person that's like used to keeping track of all of that, just writing it down will make your life so much easier. Organization is absolutely key. And I would just add also that you need to start getting used to checking your email. Um, I know a lot of high school students aren't accustomed to that. And so even if you need to create an email address specifically for college admission, where you maybe ask your your parents to help you keep track of, because you don't want to miss those important deadlines and requirements or even an opportunity. Um, And definitely uh, find a way to keep track of deadlines. Like Casey said, if, if you're a notebook person, if you're an Excel person, a Google Doc person, um, because it can get really um, overwhelming, especially when you start thinking about um, not just application deadlines, but scholarship deadlines and financial aid deadlines as well. It's a lot to keep track during your busy senior year. So this next question is pretty important, especially right now. Um, What happens if I don't submit my scores and will it hurt me? I'll jump in here. So 
one of the amazing things about being a test optional school as Whittier is, is that it's it's truly completely test optional. We're not going to make any assumptions. If you happen to just not take the SAT or ACT, or let's say you do take it, and you feel as if your scores really aren't showing who you are as a student, who you are as an applicant, you do not need to include them. We will make no assumptions whatsoever. We're not going to make any judgments uh, based off of, oh, this person didn't include test scores. Wonder why. They probably did bad. That's None of that's going to happen. So... If you want to, you can not take the SAT. If you just don't want to include your scores, no problem. You'll still have a very, you'll still have a complete application, and we'll look through it as we would with anyone else's file. And just we just won't use, we just won't have the test scores as a part of the metric, and it's not going to be any issue. Yeah, this is definitely a question that is coming up a lot, especially with everything happening with the canceled examinations, and I'm hearing all these crazy stories about families traveling uh, across state lines to try to get into tests because they're worried about their applications being disadvantaged. And, you know, I get it. it. It seems kind of fishy because a lot of schools are all of a sudden popping up these test optional policies when before that was a very big part of their application process. But I, I would just remind everyone that, um, you know, we all and when I say we all colleges and universities as a whole, we understand that we're in the middle of a pandemic. These are unprecedented times and unusual circumstances. And the bottom line is we want students. You know, we, we, we need students to come to our institutions and fill up our classrooms and our dorms. And we're going to do everything that we can to, um, you know, help that transition out. So I, I would say this year, more than any, you can expect colleges and universities to have some grace when it comes to the standardized testing. Um, it is good, though, to be sure that you completely understand the institutions that you're applying to and, and how they treat the tests, both with admission and financial aid policies, um, just so that you come into this uh, process with eyes wide open. Okay, so a student starts their application, finishes it, submits it. Um, is that it? So, yes and no. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go first with this. Well said. Um, <laughs> uh, I think what's what's important to know is just confirm that that one everything is absolutely in for for your requirements. You know, it's it doesn't hurt to double check. It doesn't hurt to contact your admission counselor and say like, hey, is there anything else I need to submit? I just want to double check. Um, that way, you're not left like you know flabbergasted at the end and you know, oh, I wish I would have known. Um, so that's one piece to it. And you're you're essentially yes done with completing the application, but applying to college is kind of there, there's a lot of other elements. So what I will add is that, you know, make sure your FAFSA's in. I know at Whittier, we want yes. our students to get our FAFSA in, you know, right when they submit their, their application. And so making sure that if you want to be considered for need-based financial aid, you get that FAFSA in sooner rather than later. Um, and then on top of that, you know, once you're waiting for a decision, I don't think that's necessarily a time to just sit around. You have a lot of schools that have a, a plethora of events of um, for not only in-person events pre-COVID, but virtual events, um, phone conversations, campus tours, things of that sort. So that is really your time to really get all this information to help yourself make a better informed decision once um, a decision is made. Absolutely. It's almost like an unofficial part of your application is your relationship with the school. And once you submit your application, you can continue to build that relationship by reaching out to your counselors, like you said, Casey. So completely agree. 
All right. So um, something that I would get pretty often on the road, especially, um, was the question of, okay, I, I completed my application in August. It's September now. Everything's in. Why haven't I gotten an application? And so what are the things students should pro- students and families should probably keep in mind when when awaiting a decision? What are, what are some of the factors that happen kind of behind the scenes? So there's, of course, like we mentioned earlier, deadlines, but also there's there's moments in the year that we are just are not reading applications. Uh, we're about to start that process going right now at Whittier, but uh, you'll you'll see on our website in the application types whether you're doing early action or regular decision or at a different school, early uh, decision. And you'll see. Uh, so if you apply by this date, let's use Whittier for an example. Early action, you apply by no- November fifteenth. They'll get a decision on or before January fifteenth. You, if you really feel you need to check in and say, "Hey, it's you know, before January fifteenth could be any time," then yeah, sure, you can reach out. But understand, we're humans. We're reading applications with our own eyeballs and whatnot. There, it takes takes time. It's all a process. But uh, you you will hear back by the time that the uh, school lets you know. Uh, and we just ask, of course. We know that you're only one student and you're applying to a lot of schools. But we're looking at applications from thousands of students. So be patient. We're, we're doing our best, and you'll get a decision before too long. So hang tight. <laughs> I will also just add, like, kind of to what Charlie said, you know, respect the process in terms of, you know, you put so much time and dedication into your application, um, and we want to make sure we read all of it, and we want to make sure you know we we do it uh, our due diligence um, to to get to know who you are through through this application. And so, with that, it just takes time. Um, and so, like Charlie mentioned, when when a, a college or university gives a deadline, uh, for the most part, they stick to those deadlines. Um, but that just means that that's their time frame that they're going to need to really do their due diligence to get through all of those applications. Yeah, there's definitely a lot going on in the background once you hit submit on your application. It doesn't just go from uh, I hit submit and or I hit send and we start reading your file. Um, Like Charlie mentioned, there's thousands of applications that we have to read, but that also means that there are thousands of applications that we actually have to process. And so we're getting letters of recommendation and transcripts and all these different forms, either online or some of it through the mail. And it takes time for us to kind of process all of that. Make sure that we credit everything to the right files and then we have to read and so like Casey said just give us some time and you know make sure you're aware of our deadlines we, we, we keep to those so while you're keeping track of all your application and financial aid deadlines you might want to note when you expect to hear back from schools that way um, you're not stressing yourselves out checking the mail every single day you know you, you know when uh, to start looking out for those notifications. So I know we talked about this a little bit earlier, the importance of finding a major, but it, and thankfully, you know, Whittier's and similar schools uh, function in that, you know, students most of the time don't have to have a solid major in mind before they apply or even before they arrive on campus. But it does happen sometimes where students go through the process, um, they they get admitted, they decide they're gonna attend, they're here on campus, and then they realize, oh, this school doesn't have my major. Um, what's What's a good time to start thinking about, even if you are undecided, uh, when's a good time to start thinking about uh, what what it is you want to focus on in college? I think you can start thinking about what you want to do in college at at any point. 
um, even if you're undecided on as far as like what exact major you want to pick at this point most people at least know what um, subjects or academic areas interest them or you have an idea of what you're already pretty good at and and those are both um, points to start and and explore different majors and and even career opportunities that kind of match your interests or your your skill sets and and start finding colleges and universities that have the types of programs that that are a good match for 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 those um and and another way though i would also say is don't be afraid to um ask people who know you really well you know personally um, they, they could be um, good at suggesting things that you might want to look at, especially the adults in your life that have either gone through college themselves or have um, already gone through a career. They, they could be great sources um, to tell you what types of things to look for, what kinds of um, you know, programs and classes that could help you um, lead to you ultimately selecting a major when you get to college. I want to take it back to what you said even earlier, Flo, too, about how your major does not have to be what you want a career in. If you don't know what your career path is, feel free. Use your major as an opportunity to learn more about something that you want to learn more about. What's what's a field? What's a um, a discipline that you want to grow your proficiency in? And that can be a great way to explore and find these new avenues for learning that you potentially have a passion for. So. There's a, there's a lot of pressure. We know that when you're going to college, you're, you're doing it so you can get a good paying job. You can, you know, be stable and such. But college is, is it's education at the end of the day. You don't want to be going through four years grinding out these tests and these papers for things that you actually don't want to learn about just for the sake of a job. You want to be enjoying your four years. So dabble around. Like Fulon said, that's, that's the beauty of a liberal arts school is you get to kind of dip your fingers in all these different uh, disciplines. So embrace it, enjoy. And if you find that thing that really clicks with you, all the better. If you end up uh, majoring in something that you just want a career in, that's okay too. There's really no wrong way to study. As long as you're taking these classes, as long as you're enjoying your time at the end of the day, that's really what matters. I think the last thing I'll add to that is just, um, you know, Sometimes our parents also want us to major in certain things when um, that might not be the best fit for you. And so I think, you know, when you start your college career, really explore what is a fit for you and your parents will come to terms with, um, you know, your decision uh, with, with time maybe, but um, eventually they'll, they'll be happy that you got to choose what you wanted. Absolutely. I, I have a, a quick little thing with my dad. He, he was in that wagon where his parents were like, oh, you got to be a doctor. And he took, he was one year, one year with pre-med. As soon as he saw any, any incision, any blood, he, he was like, nope, not for me. I'm, I'm doing something else. I'm going to be a theater major. <laughs> so right now, um, most campuses, if any campuses, are doing on-campus visits and events, um, or I should say are not doing on-campus visits and events. So uh, right now, what's a good way for students to get acquainted with um, a campus's culture size um, and even the services that are offered on campus? So I'll kind of start with this one. Um, there's a lot of ways that uh, you can kind of go about this, um, but I think one of the, the main ones that a lot of institutions offer, right, are participating in either on-campus tours or virtual tours right now. Um, 
because of just the nature of the situation we're in, it obviously doesn't compare to the on-campus experience, but I think that connection uh, you can make with current students, either if it's through Zoom or other virtual platforms, does not take away from, from what the culture is like at said institution. And so I know just working with a lot of our student ambassadors um, and kind of hearing their conversations with, with different students, they are still able to speak into the Whittier experience in terms of what it what it means to be a poet, what it means to um, be an engaged learner, to be a part of a community, um, and to really find a fit within that campus environment. So I highly encourage um, either campus tours or you know some schools are doing one on one appointments with current students with admission counselors. Um, if you can attend like any panels that talk about the culture or the student experience, those are all great ways to, to really kind of um, get your feet wet and to start learning about, well, what makes this institution unique? And, you know, can I actually see myself there? Is it an institution that values the same thing I value? And can I bring my unique perspective and add my, um, my thoughts into this learning space? Absolutely. And don't be afraid to ask big questions or questions you might feel uh, a counselor well, wouldn't necessarily answer. You're entitled to this information. If you want to ask uh, a counselor about, you know, the social life or what students do off campus, something like that, that's it's important information to know. And if the counselor maybe is caught off guard by it, they're still going to answer. They're still going to give you the information. It might not be something they're used to hearing. But if it's a question that you want an answer to, ask. Absolutely. A part of the college process is making sure that you are confident in your decision at the school you're going to, and you're entitled to all the information that, uh, you know, essentially you uh, need from that school. If, if the social dynamic is important to you, ask about that. If clubs or organizations are important to you, ask about that. There's no such thing, no such thing as a, a wrong question to ask an admissions counselor. Um, I'll add to another question that we tend to hear from parents and less so from students is the question of safety. So what steps does does your college, for example, what steps does your college take to uh, keep students safe? Um, and again, we'll usually hear it from parents, but many times students are in, you know, the college search on their own. So I do just want to add that that is also a really important question to ask your counselors. I think the only thing in addition to all of that, too, um, don't don't downplay the benefit of what a campus's website will give to you as well. Um, a lot of time and energy does go into to crafting the website and really giving all of our students in our audience uh, kind of a, a picture as to what the campus is like. So definitely do the research on, you know, on online um, and then look at the, the surrounding cities and kind of, you know, we're in Whittier, California. And so you look at we're kind of in between downtown LA in Orange County, right by downtown Disney. And so there's a lot for our students to do um, outside of the Whittier community. And so really looking outside of, you know, the immediate campus to see what are what are some other things that I can potentially do once I get to campus. Totally. Yeah, you're not you're not living in the classroom. You're living in that in that area. So make sure it's an area you want to be in for four years. Mm hmm. All right. So another pretty common question that uh, I think we all tend to get is how can a student make their application stand out? I'll jump in here as far as the essay portion of an application goes, because this is my I, I love it. I, this is my favorite part of reading applications is the essay. And a lot of times you, know, you, you see people have these grand stories, but 
a lot of people share that experience. We're talking about uh, athletic championships. You know, it might be a mess moment to you, but every league that's out there has a championship, and of course, it's a winner. So you know, do the math. Thousands and thousands of people have done have been on championship teams. So what I advise students when it comes to writing their essay and making sure that that part stands out is don't think of a time that you impressed someone else, you impressed a population, a crowd, your family. Think of a time that you impressed yourself. And that is going to be really where you start getting introspective. You start having a really unique story because every person is unique. And when you're impressing yourself, that you're really able to talk about a unique story that way. So if you can, really sit down and think about what's something that you've experienced could be an adventure, an actual trip you bought, you've gone on, or it can be just an internal thing that you went through. If you had some trying times as um, a younger kid or even in high school too, and it's a story that really shaped who you are, talk about that. And it's going to be something that is unique to you and tells a lot about who you are and who you've grown to be. And if you can portray that in an essay, absolutely, you're going to stand out. Something else I will add to, um, in addition to the personal essay, but when we're talking about the letters of recommendation, really think about either a mentor, a counselor, or a teacher that really knows you. You know, maybe it's it's in the classroom environment, but maybe it's outside of the classroom environment as well. And so, you know, I think as this will be my first round of, of reading applications and getting through that process, um, it really stands out when a counselor kind of doesn't really know the student that well. And, you know, you want your letters of recommendation to tell us more about who you are as a student, as an, as an individual. And so really thinking about who are those key people in your life that can speak more into you personally um, and give us a clearer picture as to who you are, um, I think will really stand out and it will be evident when we're reading those. And then what I'd like to add is just, you know, take your time when you're, you're completing your application and especially your personal statement. It's really clear to us um, for those students who take the time to edit and, you know, have others review their personal statements rather than rush through it and just try to get it done for the sake of the application. So, um, you know, really, really take your time, do, do your research if you need to. Um, but uh, it, that will matter and that will stand out in the application. Something along the same lines that I've come across too are students asking, what should I write about? And you know, they get really frustrated when I don't have a direct or clear cut answer for them because the answer really is, um, it's gonna be up to you. Um, something that's kind of held true throughout my time reading applications um, is the fact that if whatever the topic that a student is writing about is important to them or if even if they really enjoyed writing their essay chances are that's going to translate into how we receive the essay um, and how we receive that story that you're telling us and so just it, it really needs to be about you it doesn't have to be about this amazing thing that happened to you once it can literally be your day-to-day -day. Um, a good example is I've read several essays now of students talking about themselves through the eyes of their pets um, and those, cool. a, first of all, those are really creative. Um, and secondly, it does kind of give you that it allows you to kind of be a little bit more introspective on their, your relationship with, with that pet or, you know, with, with that person, for example. Yeah. And just to, uh, give another example too, of how it really doesn't have to be this massive over, uh, you know, overcoming difficulty, uh, story. If you want to go that path, 
And if it's a unique adventure you've done, by all means do so. But it can be, like Adrian just said, it can be very, uh, you know, every day, very, uh, um, what, what you might feel is mundane, but it's actually exceptional to someone else. My own essay was, it was, it was goofy. I'm not going to lie. It was a bit whack, but uh, it was, it was about uh, this time where a lot of my passions and hobbies were all in one place. Me and my dad, we went to go see a family friend uh, play music at this uh, restaurant. So we're there. I, I love music, so I'm listening to my, my, my friend play in his band. At the same time, this, this it was like this uh, Vietnamese fusion restaurant, so the food I was eating was also insane, and I love cooking, too, so I was enjoying food, I was enjoying music. And then on the TV, there was the um, Stanley Cup playoffs for uh, the NHL, and I, I hockey's the only sport that I ever really cared about. And now I'm, I'm glued to the TV, glued to my friend, enjoying the food, all these amazing things. And I was just geeking out about that in my essay. And I can tell you for a fact, no one's written an essay about seeing a family friend while eating these like spring rolls that had like Philly cheesesteak uh, <laughs> flavor going on while watching uh, LA Kings game in Pennsylvania. So have fun with it. Be yourself, but also make sure that y- y- you really are portraying who you are. That's who I am. And it was a fun time to write it. And hey, I got into college with it. So couldn't have been that bad. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> um, okay, um, so one of our last questions, um, and this is something that I get a lot, and really the answer is it it really depends. So a big question is, will I graduate in four years? But I think the bigger question is, how can I graduate in four years? Going back. Oh, take it away, Flo. Yeah, it's a fair question because you do want to attend a, a school that has a good track record of supporting students and, and helping position them to graduate. Um, but just because the institution's got a high percentage of students that graduate in four years doesn't mean that you just show up and you're going to get your degree handed to you um, <laughs> by the time you're, you're finished with your senior year. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you still have to put in the work. And, and it actually makes me think of something that one of my uh, mentors used to say, a little, little antidote. Um, when you want to get in shape, you know, what do you do? You go join a gym and uh, let's say you join this gym that's got the, the, the best facilities. I got all the cool classes. And when you sign up, you get this really awesome membership card that, that says that you're part of this awesome gym. Uh, well, just because you have that card doesn't mean that you're going to look like Dwayne, the rock Johnson in, in, in a couple of weeks. You actually have to work out and 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 train and take the classes and 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 all of that so ultimately what you get out of your gym membership is going to be what you put into it and the same thing can be said for college right you go to a place like Whittier where we we definitely support our students and put them in position to graduate in four years and and to be successful Um, but our students still have to perform and and so what is it that you're going to need to be at your best to get to the finish line and earn a bachelor's degree. So it's not just about finding an institution that's got a really strong four-year graduation rate um, that can be part of it, but you also want to make sure that the school has what you need to that that's going to support you you know is it the right learning environment for you uh are they going to have the appropriate accommodations that you may need you know these are uh, other questions that you can go and and look deeper than just the four-year graduation rate 
Totally. I'm absolutely, absolutely going to steal that metaphor of the gym. That's the golden. <laughs> uh, what I was going to mention is just that one of the amazing benefits of going to a liberal arts school is that while you're exploring, you're, you're essentially still working towards graduation. You, you know, a big chunk of your education at a liberal arts school is general ed or liberal arts uh, requirements and electives. So if you're worried about uh, maybe you're undecided, you're undeclared, and that's where the fear of not graduating within four years comes from, trust that you are still working towards your bachelor's degree. It might be in your electives, it might be in your general ed requirements, but if you're not actively taking classes in your major, those classes you are taking are still filling gaps in other places. So of course, Make sure that uh, at Whittier, we say that by the end of your sophomore year, you really got to lock in some things in order to graduate within four years. But that's two full years of exploring. So, of course, have the game plan to eventually know what you want to do so that you can graduate within four years. But do not worry if in your first year, you're just kind of exploring. You're just uh, sort of tasting the different um, the different things that are out there. So uh, no matter what you're doing, at a liberal arts school at least, you're going to be getting credit for it. You're going to be working towards that uh, requirement to get your, your degree. And uh, like, like, I was, like we were saying earlier, have fun with it. Take classes you want to take. But at the end of the day, you do, you do have to have that, that game plan. But at Whittier, you have it to the end of your sophomore year. Other schools um, might be a, a little bit shorter than that. But there's still plenty of time to explore and get, get the hang of what you really want to be doing in order to graduate in time. Something um, I think... Oh, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead, Genevieve. I was going to say, um, I think that fear of, you know, trying to graduate in four years could be very, very true for some of the STEM or pre-med minded folks. And so, you know, one thing that's nice about Whittier is if you express that interest early on, um, you know, just as a possibility, our, um, our faculty will help ensure that you're on track to get all those prereqs in for you know general chemistry and bio courses. That way, you don't have that fear of you know trying to get those all in within four years. And as Charlie mentioned, even if you are taking those lib ed courses, you know your first semester, second semester of your freshman year, you still will be on track to get all those prereqs mm -hmm. in for for medical school or for graduate school. And that's that's one benefit that. Whittier College really provides our students. Well, yeah, the last thing I'll say, I just want to echo kind of what my colleagues have been have been talking about in terms of putting in the work yourself and making sure that, you know, you're getting it done. Um, but I think another piece of that, too, just comes from advocating for yourself. I think transitioning from the high school level to the college level, you know, the high school, you'll, you have a counselor that tells you, that sets up your schedule, that tells you what classes you need to take, all of this. When you get to college, you have a little bit more freedom to, to, to choose for yourself. And so, like Charlie said, if you want to explore what majors are out there, if you're undecided for two years, you know, advocate for yourself and ask your advisor, you know, is, do I have enough time to do this if I still want to graduate in four years? Because it's important to me that I can take classes in a bunch of different majors to see what I want to be able to do. Um, but if you kind of just sit on the back burner and think, oh, well, it'll happen, I'll, I'll be told what to do, it's, it's, it's going to hurt you in the end. And so I think what we're all saying here is, you know, making sure the school has um, what you need to succeed, but also putting in the effort to be to make sure that you're um, you're going to get it done yourself as well. 
Thanks, guys. Well, any final thoughts before we finish up? I know we... Oh, I mean, just a little thing. I was just going to say, I know we talked about a lot um, in this episode and it's a lot of important information. Um, just to reiterate, like we in admissions are your are your support system. And so if there's anything that we talked about today that you were like, hey, I want to know more about or I'd like to talk more in depth, um, feel free to reach out to us. You know, we're happy to, to have these conversations. Um, all of us have been through this process before and we're in admission so you know we can help guide you as you're navigating this application process yeah i wanted to go back to the question about how to make your application stand out you know i, I usually tell students the best way to do that is by not trying to stand out if you have been intentional with your college search process and you're applying to schools that are are genuinely a good match for who you are as an individual, your personal sensibilities, your interest, then all you're going to need to do is present yourself and, and it'll be clear to that institution why you would be a good addition to their community because ultimately that's what we're trying to do. We're not, we're not just admitting GPAs and test scores, we're, we're looking for individuals who are going to come in and, and, and contribute to our community and be a welcomed addition. Uh, to what we have going on on campus and so if you've chosen wisely then you can do like charlie did and submit the korean food hockey essay and it's all going to work out all right well i want to thank my colleagues for participating in our panel today and of course thank you our audience for joining us and again if you have any questions that you want to dive deeper into or maybe that we didn't address or even if you'd like to request an episode topic please email us at admission at whittier.edu thank you everyone and stay safe bye-bye we hope you enjoyed today's episode be sure to visit us at www.whittier.edu admission for more information about the college and becoming a future poet. The website also has links to past episodes in case you've missed any and want to catch up. And stay tuned for future episodes as we continue to cover a variety of topics that will inform and empower your college admission journey. Thanks again for listening to The Poetcast. <laughs>